RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Julian Quayle. The top story is officials order compulsory coronavirus testing at a residential building in Shishabanshan. Shanghai Disneyland temporarily suspends entry due to COVID investigations and Halloween celebrations continue in Hong Kong. Health officials have ordered all residents of a building in Siwanshan to take a COVID-19 test after an 18-year-old resident tested positive for COVID on arrival in Singapore last Sunday. A mandatory testing notice is for Ching Tak House on the Xi Xing estate. Natalie Ching has more. Hong Kong Centre for Health Protection said the man had travelled to Singapore on October the 24th on flight TR-981 and a specimen, which was collected in Singapore on the same day, had tested positive. As a prudent measure, the centre ordered the test at Cheng Tech House as the man had been there during the incubation period. The centre is also following up on the case with Singapore's health authority. The man had received two doses of the BioNTech COVID vaccination on July the 8th and July the 13th in Hong Kong. Meanwhile, authorities here reported one imported COVID-19 case today. The patient is a 37-year-old woman who had arrived from the United Kingdom. Shanghai Disneyland says it has temporarily suspended entry to cooperate with COVID-19 investigations linked to other provinces and cities. Robert Kemp reports. In a statement on its social media account, Shanghai Disneyland said guests who were currently at the park had to take COVID tests on leaving. It said entry to its nearby Disney town had also been halted. Separately on Saturday, Beijing's Universal Studios theme park said in a social media post that it had boosted health monitoring and tested all staff after it was informed by health authorities that close contacts of COVID cases had visited the resort on October the 24th. It said the close contacts were in isolation and had tested negative. The Hong Kong Council of Social Service has made a call for leniency and empathy ahead of the introduction of mandatory use of the Leave Home Safe app at government premises tomorrow. Wendy Wong reports. Speaking on a radio program, the council's chief executive Choi Hoi Wai said government departments should be conscious of the fact that many homeless and elderly people can't afford smartphones. He said it was important that a new rule did not put them off going to clinics or assessing social services. Mr. Chua said NGOs were collecting second-hand smartphones to give to people and teaching recipients how to use the app. The app for entry rule will apply to everyone aged over 12 and under 65, except for disabled people who are unable to use the app. People who are exempt will still have to leave contact details. The Civil Service Minister Patrick Nib acknowledged that there could be teething problems and said officials would go easy on people at first. The Development Secretary, Michael Wong, says he expects the first residents to move into two new development areas in the Northern New Territories in just two years. Writing on his official blog, Mr Wong said work is underway on site formation and infrastructure at Kutung North and Fanling North. He says private flats will be available from 2023, with the first of the 15,000 public rental homes available from 2026. A coach driver has been arrested for dangerous driving causing death after a 60-year-old man was knocked off his bicycle by a coach and died. The accident happened late this morning near Wamawan on the North Lanto Highway. The man was rushed to North Lanto Hospital where he was declared dead about an hour later. Partygoers have been donning their scariest outfits for what's traditionally one of the biggest nights of the year for Hong Kong's bars and clubs, Halloween. Much of the spooky revelling has already taken place with the Lang Kwai Fang pack last night and on Friday. 
Social distancing measures are still in effect, though, and crowds had to adhere to strict requirements to mask up and sign in using the Leave Home Safe app. This bar manager said their business was busy all weekend, but trade remained well down on pre-pandemic levels. Yeah, maybe, maybe uh, similar last last year. We are not get that much uh, crowded. So, it, and on the road is quite loud. Large people is walking around, but we didn't get that much people. We just get in our bar. Pandemic period, I think it's a 50 percent is already gone. Meanwhile, the founding president of the Licensed Bar and Club Association, Leung Lapyan, has said he expects bar industry turnover to be 20% higher on the previous year, as that was the percentage growth in business yesterday. He said this was the best since the pandemic began. And now the weather, mainly cloudy, sunny periods tomorrow. Temperatures will range between 23 and 27 degrees, moderate to fresh easterly winds, occasionally strong offshore. Windier with sunny periods on Tuesday, one or two showers in the middle and latter parts of this week. The temperature currently is 24 degrees and the humidity is 76%. You are listening to RTHK. The time is just after five minutes past 11. Police say they've arrested two men on suspicion of stealing the deeds to an elderly woman's flat and using it as collateral for a $6 million loan. Officers say one of the suspects, a 59-year-old man, had befriended the 81-year-old victim who had told him where she kept important documents. They say the other suspect, aged 26, used the paperwork to secure a loan from a financial company. Police say they are suspected of using a forged identity document, money laundering and conspiracy to defraud. The Foreign Ministry in Beijing says Foreign Minister Wang Yi has told U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken that tensions over Taiwan were caused by U.S. support for pro-independence forces in Taiwan. Mr. Wang met Mr. Blinken in a face-to-face meeting on the sidelines of a Group of 20 summit in Rome. Italy's Prime Minister has warned G20 leaders that they must act now to avert catastrophic global warming or pay a much higher cost later. Mario Draghi was speaking at the summit in Rome as a crucial UN climate meeting officially opened in Scotland. He called it the defining challenge of our times. Details are starting to emerge of the contents of a final communique from the G20 summit, although it is still in its draft form. The BBC's Mark Lowen reports from Rome. These are the lines that the news agencies are releasing, that there should be meaningful and effective action by all countries to keep 1.5 degrees within reach. That is the aim of capping global warming at 1.5 degrees above pre-industrial levels, but also calling for action this decade to update and advance, where necessary, national emissions reduction targets. That's hugely important for countries to try to achieve goals and put forward their goals of reducing carbon emissions, because if they can't do that by the middle of the century, that aim of 1.5 degrees is not within reach. The British minister leading the climate summit has said it's the world's last best hope to meet targets for tackling global warming. Opening COP26 in Glasgow, Alok Sharma warned that the lights were flashing red on the climate change dashboard. New Zealand has promised to reduce its greenhouse gases by 50% by 2030, strengthening a target already in place. The BBC's Michael Bristow reports. At the Paris Climate Change Conference six years ago, New Zealand said it would cut emissions by 30% by the end of this decade. But now it's gone further, promising a 50% reduction from the 2005 level. 
The climate change minister said the world had only eight years to act if global warming was to be limited to just 1.5 degrees Celsius. But achieving the new reduction will not be easy. Figures released this year show emissions in New Zealand rose by 2% in 2019 compared to the previous year. Exit polls suggest Japan's governing Liberal Democratic Party will hold on to power following a general election, but could lose seats. The BBC's Rupert Wingfield-Hayes reports from Tokyo. Japan's long-ruling Liberal Democratic Party could be on track to lose its parliamentary majority for the first time since 2012. Exit polls suggest it is now touch-and-go whether the LDP will get the 233 seats it needs in Japan's lower house in order to form a majority government on its own. If it fails to do so, the LDP will need the support of a smaller coalition partner, a party called Kometo. That would be a blow to Japan's newly anointed Prime Minister Fumio Kishida, who has been in office only a month. Japanese media say a 24-year-old man dressed in Batman's Joker costume has attacked passengers on a Tokyo train line, injuring about 10 people as many partygoers headed into the city centre for Halloween. One video uploaded on Twitter and broadcast on NHK showed a steady stream of people running away from a train car, where seconds later a small explosion caused a fire. The man known as the father of tiramisu, the Italian dessert popular across the world, has died at the age of 93. Ado Campiol was the owner of a restaurant in northern Italy where the dish was first served five decades ago. The BBC's Simon Ponsford reports. Tiramisu features coffee-soaked biscuits and mascarpone. Ado Campiol was there when it was invented by his wife and a chef. It was the result of a happy accident while they were making vanilla ice cream. The proof of the pudding, of course, is in the eating, and by that measure, tiramisu, which means pick-me-up, has since become a massive success, both in Italian cuisine and in adapted versions around the world. Ado Campeol added the dish to his restaurant menu in 1972, but the family never patented the recipe. And that's the news from RTHK. Thanks a lot to Julian Quell. We'll have more headlines coming up at midnight. Hour two of Sunday Light, starting us off in style. More from the full Flava featured album, 